This is Ash Masco, and you are listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Legends of Tabletop. We're at episode 105 tonight with Ash. Uh, he's got a uh, Kickstarter going right now for Squarriors the Card Game. How's it going, Ash? How you doing? It's going great. So does this make me a legend of tabletop now? Is this like official? I, uh, honorary? Yeah, I believe it does. Okay, honorary, honorary <laughs> legendary. Okay, I'll take that. Well, you know what? You're, you're a game designer over there. You've got your own card game, so I, you're you? full legitimate. I, I feel legit. Well, I guess I'll feel a lot more legitimate, you know, when you've got the game in your hand. I think that's everybody's, you know, dream. That's It's cool to have the Kickstarter run in, and but everything still feels a little bit theoretical. You know, it's all just an idea, sort of, even though we've, you know, printed out fake cards. Well, we got the box. Well, I've got mm-hmm. the box. I'm going to be happy. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, before we jump into the the nuts and bolts of the Kickstarter and the card game and all that, why don't you tell us a little bit about Squarriors for people who may not know? Uh, So Squarriors is the comic book series uh, that I have created and I'm the writer of, and Ashley Marie Witter is the artist. Uh, We're in our third year since we started the project, though uh, we're only into the second volume, uh, which is summer, where we're kind of doing it in consecutive and season. So we're in summer number three, actually, is coming out next month. Uh, Scoriers is a story about the fall of man that kind of generates intelligence of all the little woodland creatures on the planet. And, you know, they do. They, they gain intelligence, and it's their turn to inhabit the planet in, like, this post-human world, which, of course, you know, there's all kinds of fighting and tribes and religions and all these things happen, and there's blood and guts and more fighting and more blood and guts and crying and betrayal and all the things you expect little squirrels and mice to, you know, have happened in their day-to-day lives. So, so it's that's a, the pitch. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a real commentary on, on our actual social situation. So the, the humans are gone, but now the, the animals are also navigating, you know, that, yeah, and, that self-same world. And that's, that's basically the, the same thing is that, you know, the, the animals sort of have the, you know, they have this this kind of unique chance because they get to see that, you know, they, they don't know necessarily what happened to this previous civilization, civilization, but they know it was there and they know it's gone now. So they, they kind of have the benefit of, you know, trying to not follow in those same footsteps. And of course, that that leads into lots of story arcs and things with scoriers is, you know, the animals that are trying to make sure that they don't follow that path while these other animals are following their instinct and they're a little more savage and things. So. Right. Yeah, it's interesting and it's pretty fun. Cool. Now that the uh, your original uh, story was a, a Kickstarter project itself. Oh uh, yeah, we started out with Kickstarter. We we had a publisher right from the get go, uh, but you know we we were on uh, Devil's Due Entertainment, Devil's Due Publishing, and uh, they've done lots of other previous Kickstarter things. So when we signed with them, we kind of knew what we were getting into. We knew we were going to try this. Uh, you know, the first issue, it was just the first issue we launched in Kickstarter. And yep, we did Kickstarter. It was successful. It was fun. You know, since then we did mostly just straight through diamond, you know, regular publishing until we did the, uh, 
Uh, we did like a special hardcover version of Score Years. We kickstarted that because it wasn't like a Diamond exclusive or anything. That went well. Uh, now with the Score Years card game, that's actually just me and you know my company that's independent of the publisher or anything. So this is actually our first Kickstarter that we've done, you know, with no help from anybody else. You know, just kind of running ourselves and we've seen a lot of, you know, had a lot of trial and error with that. <laughs> a lot of things went really well and a lot of things just seemed to blow up in our face. And I don't know if that's just par for the course for your first Kickstarter, but we tried really hard to make sure all of our stuff was, you know, lined up the right way and you know, nothing ever works how you think it's going to work. But I, I think we're kind of, now that we're down to like six days left, I think we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens once it's over. And then we go into the next big step of, you know, getting everything shipped and taking care of that. But I feel like somehow we're more prepared for that. <laughs> it's like, that's more, more of the things we're used to, the more, you know, physical things. So I, I think that's going to go. Okay. Cool. And, and the, and the name of that company, it's Cold War Incorporated. That's yeah, Cold uh, War Incorporated's our little, indie game development publishing company uh you know it's for the most part me and a bunch of my buddies long-term buddies at that it's crazy it's literally people i've had in my life for 20 plus years you know, some of them some of them longer than that uh I literally since the early 90s <laughs> i've been friends with some of these people and literally have played games with them and stuff and probably not much different than a lot of other gaming circles and things uh that's basically what this is. Guys that I was playing games with and doing things in 1996 are the same guys now that I've got this company with. And yeah, we want to make games. Yeah, that, that was kind of the goal from the beginning, even with Scorriers. When we made Scorriers, the comic book, the, the, that same day, we were already designing card games. You know, it was like <laughs> we were already working on the card game as the, as the comic was coming together. Cool. That's cool. Vince and I are in the same boat. I've known Vince for, you know, 20 plus years. So this, this is kind of, you know, come out of that relationship and, you know, it's pushing each other back and forth. So I, 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 I can feel what you're going through. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's been awesome. And again, you know, as we, you know, kind of the, the journey was pretty fun because it started, you know, just kind of like me and Ashley and like one of my buddies. And as, as we were doing more and more, we needed to kind of bring in more people. And it was, it was just this natural kind of development of like, well, let's, let's get this guy, you know, we've been friends with him forever. He, he does games, bring him in, bring this other guy in, you know, we, and, and we did by the end of it, it was like literally every friend I've got now, <laughs> just like in this circle, we're all working together. We're all doing this stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I guess you know, it's kind of a weird dream come true, you know, just working with all your buddies, you know, even though it is work, that's a lot of work. I mean, we, we probably do 60 hours a week, you know, just on cold war stuff, but you're working with your buddies and you know, that's, that is, that's the dream. I couldn't ask for anything else, man. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, so you, you had said that, uh, you're, you're signed, so to speak, with with Devils Do, uh, it comes out through Diamond Distributors, like you know, legitimate comic. Go to your comic store if they don't have it, you can ask for it, request that they get it. Oh, yeah. yeah, all any place that sells comics can carry Scorriers. It's it's in Diamond. Uh, you know, I think for the most part, most stores that carry indie-ish comics, you know, already carry Scorriers. I mean, as far as we can tell. So yeah, and any literally any shop can order it. So if you show up to a shop and they don't have it. At the moment, you can request it. They can add it to your pull list, and they can definitely get it. So cool. that's not a problem. All right. And you can also uh, find that as a digital download at Comixology, which I guess is an Amazon thing. Yeah, it's on Comixology. I, I'm, honestly, I'm not super familiar with the digital comics side thing. It's just not my thing. I buy my comics. I, I don't yeah. know, you know <laughs> physically. Uh, 
but yeah, it's, I know it's on the comic comicsology stuff. It's on just Amazon as a general thing. You can order, I think all the issues through the Amazon store. Uh, you know, cool. it's on the, the Google play download thing. Again, I'm not really familiar with it. I just know that when my royalty thing comes, it's listed <laughs> on there. So I'm just going to assume that you can get it from there. Uh, so yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, the artwork in Squares is absolutely amazing. Um, how did you come to uh, to work with Ashley? You guys just been friends for a long time, or did you find her a deviant art? Uh, Ashley and I met completely by accident. Uh, I had no idea she was an artist or anything. And at that time, I was not doing comics or anything. Uh, you know, we kind of, we honestly, we started out in a relationship. You know before a business relationship. Hmm. Uh, I, I started helping her out with, you know, with her artwork, you know, just kind of helping her a little bit with like the project management side, you know, made some phone calls for her, tried to find her some more work. Uh, you know, right from the get go, obviously we thought it'd be cool that someday maybe we could work on a project together. But, you know, first we had to kind of establish her a little bit and make some money and <laughs> survive a little bit. So, you know, we, we spent like the first year or two kind of doing that. And then once we got our our feet, you know, our foot in the door a little bit, we decided it was time to kind of come up with a project and that project happened to be Scorriers. And, you know, now we basically do Scorriers just full time. Ashley certainly does like lots of other like cover art for DC and Marvel and things like that. Uh, but, you know, our main project is Scorriers and Scorriers the card game now. Right. Now, do you guys collaborate on story at all or, or are you strictly story and she's strictly art? How does that relationship work? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to to collaborate for me. Uh, I, I think like so much of it is just you know years of ideas of for stories and years of working on these things that you know I, I certainly get everything written you know and write the scripts and everything and then bring it to her and, you know, and we certainly talk about things that you know we think could be better or if something did wasn't really clear we certainly like collaborate on that angle. Uh, and then when it comes to like the actual art direction, you know, like, you know, I, I write everything out like a script, you know, like, like a lot of, uh, writers do. So it looks like a screenplay. So it was like panel by panel. I've got the description of, you know, what I'm, what I'm picturing each thing, you know, to be, you know, once Ashley has it, obviously that that's kind of where it becomes something bigger and better, you know, her eye for that, her, you know, creativity and her just view of just the, the angles and the light and everything, you know, a lot of that changes, you know, once she starts you know, doing the artwork. So I think, I think that's where the collaboration really hits. It's not so much in the writing, the story, it's really just the pr presentation of the story. You know, that's where Ashley really shines. And, you know, I, you know, from the beginning, our, uh, you know, our motivation, like our, our, our idea was really to have a comic book that didn't disappoint you when you looked at the art in the inside. You know, so many comics, so many things, you know, they have these awesome covers and you open it up and it just, it looks like some fourth graders art contract. <laughs> I mean, it's, some of it's literally that bad and it's, it's, you know, from big publishers are, are putting these out. And it's like, I understand they've got, you know, deadlines and things like that, but I just feel like it's such a disappointment and just really misses the point of like what comics are. It's like comic books are like this art form. It's not just meant to be like, you know, it's not, there is, it's like, I look at so many comics, it's like, oh, this is like the fast food, you know, of the comics industry. It's like, we didn't want to be that, you know, so we do it. Sometimes it takes three, three and a half, four months to put out an issue, but you right. know that every single panel is going to be this painted, beautiful thing that we really worked on. And it's like, you know, I don't know, I think that's what, you know, kind of sets Warriors apart in a lot of ways. You know, it is just Ashley just really puts the work in you know she puts the hours and she puts the time in to to give 
fans and readers something to sink their teeth into and to really enjoy. It's like I still go back to issue one of Scorriers and see things that I didn't notice after looking at it, you know, 30 times. It's like, holy cow, I didn't realize there's this other character in the background here with this dagger in his eye. You know, I just noticed that there's so much there. So yeah, I love Ashley. I, I love her artwork. Nothing. She's the best. Yeah, it, it's, it was stunning. Uh, Tonya sent, uh, you know, a copy of the, the book over to me and, you know, preparation and everything. And I started scrolling down. I'm like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. <laughs> and not what I expected right from the jump, right? You scroll down, it's like blood. You know, it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> what is this? So how many times have you heard the comparison to Watership Down? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not that old, but I'm old. Uh, so I grew up with that and like, that was my first impression. My first thought was like, Oh my God, this reminds me of Watership Down just in that, you know, as a little kid, that horror of the bunnies and blood and, you know, honestly, it's like, I wish we heard that more often. Uh, yeah, yeah, because that, that truly was an inspiration. You know, there was some inspiration that came from Watership Down and for me, and it's like across every interview, everything I've ever done, I always bring this up. It's like Secret of Nim was like so huge for me as a kid. And I just mm-hmm. loved everything Secret of Nim, you know, and I always tell this people, it's like, I, I do literally still have my metal Secret of Nim lunchbox. You know, I still have nice. it from when I was a kid. Uh, so it is it's like, that was, you know, that, that did, that certainly had inspiration. You know, the thing that we hear the most, of course, is actually like, uh, you know, Redwall and, mm-hmm. you know, like Mouse Guard, you know, some people, they'll, they'll ask us about those. And, you know, honestly, it's like, Scorriers, I think we were, you know, the, the first issue of Scorriers was already printed and out and we were doing shows before I'd even heard of that, you know, until, yeah. the, the, you know, people started coming to me and asking, you know, oh, this, this, you know, did you get inspiration from this? I had to look it up. I didn't know what it was, you know, whereas I expected people to say what you said. I was expecting people to be like, oh, did you, you know, were you into Watership Down? Did you watch Secret of Nim or those inspirations? And yeah, and these other, and we hardly hear that at all, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if we're just too old now. You know, we've like jumped the, <laughs> you know, Maybe. jumped the generation gap there. But yeah, I, yeah. I still, I have my books on the shelf over here. I have, I have both of them. I, I haven't read Watership Down probably in forever. I, it's, I should read it again. I read um, uh, Miss Brisby and the Rats and then like last year I read it again. I, it's still such a good book. That's really, and I, you know, I love, uh, like uh, the last unicorn that there's mm-hmm. something about like, you know, the, the, the book, you know, which is significantly different than the movie for some reason, though they're both just incredible. Uh, there we go. Oh yeah. Well, Peter is Beagle. <laughs> I think I, I will uh, see your Peter S. Beagle and raise you one. Oh, that's one. nice. That is signed by Peter. Oh, <laughs> That is actually on my shelf above my desk. <laughs> uh, but I always like it was, there's something about that that atmosphere in 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 uh, the last unicorn that you know I I always kind of think about and kind of look to for inspiration like when I'm writing scorers. So there's this kind of like the, the, this aura of that 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 I try to get in there too. Also, so I would say that's an inspiration. Cool, cool. All right. Um, so obviously you're a comic book guy yourself. Do you do you steer more towards like indie titles, or are you like you know DC, Marvel, Dark Horse kind of guy? Uh you know, as you know, growing up as a kid, uh, especially like like when I kind of got into comics a little bit more, like in the early '90s, uh, I was certainly like a mix. You know, I, I I read and collected a lot of you know Marvel stuff, not so much DC. 
you know, I got really into like I loved The Crow. That was like my favorite comic as a kid. So I guess, you know, if you could call that kind of like India, I like The Crow or like Lady Death, you know, Brian mm-hmm. Pluto stuff I liked. Uh, you know, and then like, I guess as of now, I would say I'm almost exclusively indie. And like, I just like the big companies don't seem to be doing a lot for me. Uh, right. I like the Dark Circle stuff. I like the Sabrina comics. I like the Afterlife with Archie stuff, things like that. So not that I have any time to read any of them. I have stacks, <laughs> literally just stacks of comics that I buy that will hopefully someday get read. <laughs> but uh, so I don't even know if you can say that I, I currently read comics. I don't even know when the last time was I read one, but I do love them and I do have them. <laughs> I, I intend on getting to them again. But yeah, that's I guess that's fair. where I'm at with comics right now. Yeah, I'm that way with books. I'd started to go through and read all the classics and I, you know, got my list from the library and I was using a library religiously every, you know, once a month or so now just so busy. I'm like, well, I have this thing for podcast work to read. So I'll look at that other stuff later. And that That's the same place I'm at. So like, I, you know, if I have a couple minutes to like read something, I have to like decide, am I going to read some, something fun and some fiction or I'm going to read one of these thousands of books by Robert McKee and you know, all that stuff that I have sitting there that it's like, I really need to be reading. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what happened in my life where it seems like I only have two hours a day to do anything. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I keep telling people I need like four more hours. If somebody give me four more hours and uh, one of our, one of our players, friends, friends of the show, Bert was like, Oh, it's just, you know, get up a little earlier. And I'm like, Okay, I'll sleep for an hour then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I'm know. already doing that. I'm already sleeping two hours a day. What, what do you want from me at this point? <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, at some point, man, the days got real, real short, and then the years got even shorter. You know, it's like you know, we are we're going to Kansas City tomorrow. It's like I literally feel like we were there two weeks ago. You know, it's been a year, and it's just it's like, didn't we just go to Kansas City? You know, we just came back from C two E two, and you know, I'm literally setting up the table, and it felt like. This this was this was a week ago. How is this coming? You know, coming and going so fast. And you know, it is. It's next C two E two is going to be in three weeks from now. It's going to feel like. <laughs> All right. So um, we'll start to get into the card game here a little bit. Right. Um, how involved were you with the development? Was it? I mean, it's your company, so I'm assuming you had a you know big hand in developing the game itself. Oh yeah, this was. You know, far before there even was a company, I was already developing and working on the game and making game mechanics and things. That's just something I've done literally my whole life. I've just made games. I've loved card games and board games and role-playing games and everything. I was always making games. I I have literally a folder. I imagine this is not uncommon with game makers, but, you know, I have just a folder on my computer that's just called Games That I Make. And I click that, and it's just folder, 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 folder of every single different game and every asset and everything that I was working on. And uh, see, so yeah, I was I was long working on Scorriers, you know, before Cold War. Uh, once we got Cold War together, you know, then it was more of you know really developing and you know breaking down what what the game was going to be and really developing the mechanics. And you know, I, I eventually, you know, I kind of came to Cold War with like the shell of this game and these ideas and these concepts. And then we broke them down and worked on them. And, you know, there was, there was about a, about a year by myself of working on the game and now Cold War and I have worked on it for about two and a half years of mm-hmm. testing and developing and breaking it down and going from Scorriers 1.0 all the way into now we're somewhere at like Scorriers 
eight or four point nine. We're almost into like the fifth increment of this game that we've been developing. So, right. Uh, but yeah, I've been every step of the way, every meeting, every test. You know, I've been there, and most of us has been. <laughs> And how how difficult that because you said it's it's hard to collaborate you know maybe more with you know storytelling for the you know for the comics but you know to sit down even with your friends and for them to go you know you come in like all right I think we have this and this is good and I really like this and they're like eh, I don't know we could probably change this and that does that does that hurt a little bit uh, yeah it's you know it's like that happens with anybody it's like nobody especially something that is subjective you know what is fun. Well, yeah. I think this is fun. I think this is terrible. You know, it's just, you know, luckily we didn't run into that too much. You know, I, I think maybe just the, the history of all of us, we kind of had a good direction. We were all kind of going in the same direction. But, yeah, you know, it, it's tough. You know, again, just today, you know, we were going back and forth, you know, because we are we're, we're finishing the comprehensive rules for Scorriers. You know, the general rules are all, you know, basically together. But it's like that can't be really – finish until the comp rules are just tight and done you know so we have but as we've been finishing the comprehensive rules you know we do things come up where it's like well we never really defined this one thing oh well i always thought it would be defined this way everybody else thought it'd be defined this way and then it's like those those, those have been the hard parts that, that's that's what we've been really having a problem with at this point as far as like collaboration it's like getting those fine details of the, of the comp rules you know, you know, what, what does this really mean to the game? At what point can you really do this? At what point, you know, you know, can this target this? And, you know, at what point can somebody respond to that? You know, it's like, those have been the, the bigger issues. You know, the, the, the game elements actually came together, you know, pretty easily. You know, we, we kind of all agreed on, like, it'd be more fun if we did it this way. Let's do it this way. Breaking sure. down the rules of it has been the tough part. Okay. Now, did, were you like a magic player, uh, you know, Pokemon, any of that kind of stuff? Do you, do you oh, draw any of that experience into the creation? I played magic since 1996. So I guess you could say I'm a magic player. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't really play anymore. Actually, I just semi-recently sold my magic collection, which was extensive, <laughs> very extensive. Well, actually, it's funny. It would have been much more extensive, but about 10 years ago, I just threw everything away one day, literally just oh, dumped everything geez. into a dumpster. And again, there's a story to tell people that the one thing I remember, I was literally, I just threw my binders in the garbage. And it's like, I remember there were, I had a page of guys' cradles, you know, just a straight up page full of guys' cradles that literally went in a dump, into a dumpster. Hmm. Uh, you know, and then I kind of rebuilt my collection from there and recently sold it. Now I just kind of have an EDH deck. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I played a lot of magic. I played a lot of everything, you know, I've played Pokemon, you know, I've played, uh, just tons of games, games. I'm sure you've never heard of. I played <laughs> guardians and blood wars and I played the battle tech card game when that was out, you know, 25 years ago. Oh, I uh, didn't know there was a battle tech card game. There was a battle tech card game and it was awesome. It, it never like picked up any speed. It was really fun. Cause you would actually like build your mechs. That was part of the game was literally like building them. You didn't just like put him in the battlefield and fight. You had to like put him together first. And that, that was pretty awesome. Oh, so, that's cool. I, I still play Battletech with me and my brother. We play, we have a, a full sheet of plywood with 3d terrain. Like we do five squads. We've got sheets, shit all over the place. I would, awesome. totally, I would totally recommend. I've seen it on eBay. If you just find somebody who's got just like a box of Battletech cards, the game is awesome. It's really fun. If, especially if you already like Battletech, you know, the, 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 you know, the building the robots and like being able to attack the other guys as they're building them <laughs> and stuff. It, it was, it was some cool concept. There was some fun game concepts in that. 
I will definitely have to look that up. <laughs> um, so what makes Warriors card game different than other uh, collect? Well, I don't, it's not really a collectible card game, right? Uh, not, not exactly. Uh, I mean, there's certainly collectible elements as far as, you know, just like any other game where we have variant cards and foil cards and things like that. Uh, yeah, but what just makes it different than a card game, you know, I think the, the, the most obvious and the biggest thing is, you know, there is no deck. You know, our card game doesn't have a deck that you randomly draw cards from. Uh, yeah, was, that's something that I just hate in card games. You know, I, I hate that randomness. I hate the fact that, you know, somebody can just outdraw me and it just doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter how good my deck is. It doesn't matter how well I played. It's just, you know, all that matters is that guy drew the right cards. <laughs> so right. that was that was literally the number one thing on our list, uh, you know, to fix with our card game was to make a game that, you know, skill was going to matter. That if you lost, it's because you you were outplayed. It wasn't because you drew bad. It was because you built a bad tribe or you made some bad decisions or just generally the other guy outplayed you. Uh, so that's our big thing. Everything starts in play. You know, you still customize and build your your, your tribe but all the cards start in play or in your hand. So there's nothing, there's no random drawing. You know what you have, you know what you have to work with and you play with it. So I think that's, that's the big one. I think, I think that's really what sets us apart right now from, you know, I guess from the main popular games that are you know being played right now. Okay. And what was the hardest part of translating the world of Scorriers to a card game? That, that is an awesome question because that was another thing that really mattered to me. You know, that, that, was, that's, that was something, you know, we were writing on the whiteboards, you know, <laughs> we literally went to Home Depot and we bought, you know, the, the, these act, like these walls that are whiteboards. <laughs> and we took our, our recording studio and hung these, you know, and took the walls down and put literally walls of whiteboards. We were like writing so much and doing so much, you know, stuff on them. Uh, and, you know, the, the biggest thing for me was, you know, how is this a Scorriers game? You know, this is a fun mechanic. This is a good idea. This is cool. But does this, is this Scorriers? Does this feel like you're in the game? Does this feel like you're controlling a tribe and going to war and fighting for survival? And, you know, that, that was a massive part of putting this game together. You know, so, so we do, you know, we've got, you know, all the cards in your hand are all tactic cards. You know, it's all about, you know, you play, outplaying your opponent. After you use a tactic card, it goes down into your strategy chain, which is this this ongoing, you know, the set of cards that are in front of you that, you know, you have these dual, everything's dual purpose. So you play, you know, a card that counters another card or deals damage or something. Once that's done, it goes into your strategy chain and then does something else and affects, you know, the outcome of the game. And, you know, and that, that's what we, you know, we wanted to, to have that feeling of, you know, building up and, you know, trying to accomplish something in the game. Because, you know, again, that was, that's important in Scorriors with the war elements and everything. Uh, and we want that to be important into the game. Same with, uh, you know, like the intrigue and manipulation and stuff. You know, we wanted that to be, a, you know, not just something that could happen in the game. We wanted that to be a core element, you know, trying to convince other creatures to join your side. You know, so that is, that's just a built-in mechanic. Uh, you know, same thing with like sending out spies and assassinating all the things that you see in the book. We want you to be able to relive in the game. So, you know, we did just part by part. It was all about that's fun. That's good. But does it make sense in the Scorriers world? And I think where we got, I think we did pretty well. I think we got there. Cool. Awesome. So you can, you can play just, you know, a card game where you can, you know, sit down with your buddies and, and tell your own stories through the card game and, and sort of, you know, expand on that 
you know, that headcanon for yourself in the Scorier's universe. Be like, oh, remember that time when, you know, I had Wormwood in my army and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can just create all those scenarios on your own. That, that's what happens, like, every time we play the game. Still still now, after hundreds of games, it's still always about, you know, you know, I'll end up calling Ashley on the way home or something. Like, oh, we played this game, and it was so cool. Ghost ended up taking out Wormwood. And then all of a sudden, you know, Spin showed up, and out of everybody, he managed to, you know, get – you know, uh, steal back, you know, ghost. And he went on the other side and it's always these stories, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. And again, it's like, it's hard to get that out of other games where you're just randomly drawing cards. It's hard to like immerse yourself, you know, when just like, Oh, then I got radiant archangel one time out of six games. <laughs> you know, it's like, it actually matters. You know, it's like your, your dudes matter. You care about these creatures. Cause that's, that's all you have. This is, you know, this, this is your group of dudes that you put together, your group of creatures, your tribe. And, you know, it does. I think you, there's a lot more engagement there. It's, it's, you know, it means something. I know when I play, it means something to me. It's like, I don't want to lose King. King's in my, my tribe for a reason. He's important. I have to protect him. You know, it's, it, I don't know. It's fun. And, and I'm excited about it. I am. Well, that's cool. I have my own wormwood here. He's biting the crap yeah, out of me, so he's got to go. <laughs> this is usually what happens. He wants to be here, but then when he's here, he's crazy. <laughs> Stop. All right. Um, so do you have any expansions planned for the game? Like you, we've got a complete set of cards, a complete game coming to us. Do you have anything, you know, sort of in, in the works? Uh, nothing in the works per se. Obviously, you know, our focus is just on this first core set. Uh, you know, the, the, the intention is definitely, you know, that the card game is a, a you know, a companion to the comic series. So as things happen and characters, you know, are introduced or killed or whatever in the comic series, you know, that affects, you know, the, the game itself. Uh, and th there are already a few, you know, expansion things we want to do. Like right now we don't have any type of items or gear or anything in the game. You know, it's something that was originally in the game that we felt that was probably better left as an expansion to kind of come out as a core thing with just the creatures and the cards. But, you know, we do, we plan on having like, expansions that you know we have we've got these things that are called fate cards uh which aren't introduced yet but that actually involve more more luck more like rolls of the dice more you more things like that that you know, the card can be really powerful on your side or it can really hurt you uh you know we, we we plan on having some expansions and running into things like that and again you know as as new comics come out new core expansions new new creatures will be introduced so as long as the car the, the comics keep coming we're going to keep introducing new stuff to the game cool awesome all right i'm going to switch gears real quick and we're going to get into our sponsor segment real quick are you a coffee drinker yourself uh i am not but literally everybody in my life is okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I am not a coffee guy or a beer guy those, those are sort of like the two big things everybody kind of gets surprised by you know i'm, <laughs> I'm a water guy and I actually yeah. cleaned off all my water bottles. I was afraid they'd be in the in the in the shot. But usually, <laughs> I have like twenty five empty water bottles sitting on my table. All right. Well, that that's fair. Uh, I I do enjoy coffee, and uh, our legends own uh, Neil runs a couple of games for us. Is uh, he runs Birds of a Feather Coffee Company? He uh, roasts his own. You know, imports all the beans and everything. So they're a small craft, uh, small. How the hell? I should have wrote all this down. Small. Hey, look, it's a small company. 
All right. You roast all the zone beans. Is there an indie coffee company? We get it. Indie coffee. <laughs> yep, there you go. We cut right to the heart of the matter. Um, right now he's got an Ethiopian in that's supposed to be phenomenal. Uh, I enjoy the night owl blend myself. It's a little bit darker, a little richer, a little, little heavier. Uh, so I, I really dig that. It's like, uh, you know, it's like having a Guinness if you want to uh, relate that to like beer or something. Um, it's really good. I'm actually putting in an order this week. Uh, I'm going to be ordering two more bags. Shipping is free. Uh, right now, Neil's offering uh, code LEGENDS10 to get 10% off your order. So uh, you're getting free shipping. You're getting 10% off. If you like coffee, it's awesome. I literally don't drink any other coffee now. If I go to somebody's house, I bring my French press, I bring my bird's coffee, and I make my own coffee. So, well, I'm sure I'm sure Ashley heard that, and she loves coffee. <laughs> so, Ashley, remember, Legends Ten get ten percent off free shipping. Free shipping, and it's uh, I you know I should know the web address, but I'm I, you know I'm so unprepared for these things. I should probably edit all this, but I really won't. But I always say that I will. I'm sure your sponsors <laughs> are really loving this right now. He's nailing this. <laughs> um, I am all over it. It's birdscoffeecompany.com, which I should already know, but now you know as well. And I didn't throw the links in the last show, so I got to remember to throw the links. I'm going to leave this tab open. Uh, so there's that. And also, we have uh, Easy Roller Dice Company, also sponsors the show, also offers code LEGENDS10 for you to get 10% off your order of all their awesome gaming stuff. That's uh, easyrollerdice.com. That one I do know. So uh, check those guys out over there. Uh, great bunch of guys. They've been on the show. You know all this stuff already. If you love dice, if you love to play games, go over to easyrollerdice.com. Order your stuff there for 10% off. You'll thank me later. Not, bad. Not, not too bad. Maybe it's all right. <laughs> all right. So uh, so to get into the game a little bit, like you said, there's there's no deck. Um, right. You've got three different areas to, to play in. And I guess maybe I should probably let you do this, but I did my research, so let me show it off a little oh, it bit. Sounds, it sounds like <laughs> I'd like to hear it from your point of view. <laughs> All right, so so you have your council area, which represents your, uh, you know, sort of your, um, uh, ah, crap, I'm bad with words, bad words, um, you know, sort of represents your, um, help me out, throw me a bone, throw yeah, me a line. It's, it's like your leadership. Your leadership yeah. stuff. Yeah, your, your leadership comes from your council. These are the guys that kind of like, you know, kind of run the tribe, kind of create the, the, the codes and the laws and everything. These are basically you know, the brains of your operation, not necessarily the guys out fighting, but the guys, you know, creating things and, you know, strategizing for you. Sure. And you'll often, you're often find King there at the court, so to speak. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's good there as well as other places. Mm -hmm. And uh, so each, so that area is represented by a card and that card has sort of your ideal on it. So it kind of, you know, informs how you want to sort of play your strategy and sort of pick your strategy cards in your hand then. Exactly. Uh, that, that it kind of informs like what type of tribe you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you also have your army, uh, which also is represented by a location. Uh, there's 20 different locations, I believe in the, uh, in the, in the set. Uh, there's 20 different domain cards. Domain cards. Uh, so okay. That includes your codes, your lands, and your strongholds. So there's a okay. total of 20 different ones, but you know, I think there's four different strongholds, and there's nine different codes, and then you know the rest are filled out by lands. Okay. And then you also have your uh, 
Damn, what's the last one? The the Vanguard. Vanguard. And, you know, from the Vanguard, you can do your uh, your assassination attempts. Um, I know there's a couple other things. I'm really bad. Yeah, it's your stealth attacks. So you got like your. Uh, that's primarily you know if, if you kind of picture it from like uh, you know a, a battlefield perspective, you know you kind of have your your extended lands. That's your Vanguard. And that's kind of where like your spies are working. Your assassins are kind of just out in the lands. So your scouts and things. And then it kind of comes down to your stronghold where your army is at, this is your actual like defensible position. And basically kind of within the stronghold, within your base, you have like your council, you know, kind of all the way in the back, so to speak, where, you know, your strategy is happening. So yeah, so way out at the end, there's your lands and that's your vanguard. And yeah, that's, that's where you can, you know, each, each section you can kind of operate and do different things. So yeah, in your vanguard, you can do stealth attacks primarily, you know, you do your spies and your assassinations. So then in the middle, you've got your armies and that's kind of just your, those are that's where you can do your dominance attacks. That's exactly what it sounds like. Take your whole army and you attack some other section. And then in your council, you can do things like leadership challenges, which again, sounds, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's not a, not an attack per se. It's just a, you know, a challenge of leadership. You're challenging everybody else in the game, you know? So yeah, those are the three main things. You're doing great. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, So if you attack uh, another player's, um, uh, people, so to speak, uh, you can only attack them once on your turn. So if you did a stealth attack against, um, Wormwood, uh, popular one cat. Uh, so if you attack him once, you can only attack him once. And so if you do that stealth attack, then that's it. You can't, well, you can, yeah, you can, you can do each type of attack once Adam. So you could oh, okay. you get stealth attack them. Once you spend stealth attack, you know, the rest of the turn, you can't, you can't just keep stealth and get stealth sure, attack. Sure, sure. You can t- attack him once, but you could manipulate you know, do a manipulation attack also against them. Again, okay. only once. Uh, those are really the only two, like, attacks that target something. So, you know, just each of those you could do once, and then you'd have to pick other targets. Uh, you know, because, like, a, a dominance attack doesn't attack a single creature. It attacks an entire domain. So, okay. and again, same thing. You can do that once. You can take your army and kind of attack either the council or the vanguard or the army. Um, you can do that same thing, just like everything else, once per, you know, once per turn. Okay. And then each one of the areas, so you can have 12 power total across your three, uh, through your three domains. Um, and then you get to set the die. So you can, you know, have your Vanguard at at six and your council at two, and then, uh, you know, have your, your army at whatever the other number would be. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and that changes over the course. So if you, uh, you know, do a successful dominance attack and you, and you, uh, and you're successful there, then you can change one of those, any die on the board, board, so to speak, uh, up or down uh, one point. So right. you can increase your army up one, or you can increase, you know, decrease the, you know, the council on the other side by one. And when something is reduced to zero, it's destroyed. It's destroyed, right. And once, once a player has lost two of their three domains, you know, they're just out of the game. And yeah, yeah. you've got that pretty well. All, all, each, each of your uh, domains has a strength. Uh, when you, you get to set them to any number you want you know, at the beginning of the game, so long as the, the total, you know, the sum of the three domains is not, does, you know, it's not higher than 12. And then, yeah, uh, wherever you kind of operate from, you know, so like you said, like if you attack from your army to do like a dominance attack, if you win, you can either raise that army's morale, you know, that, that strength up by one, or you can decrease the strength of whatever you just attacked. And same thing with like a stealth attack. If you successfully stealth attack Wormwood, 
you can raise your vanguard up one point or decrease wherever he was attacked. You can either like lower that strength down by one or raise your strength up. The only difference is in a leadership challenge, you know, which is a kind of a global thing that happens. Uh, if you're the winner of a leadership challenge, you can manipulate any strength on the board, even people not involved in a leadership challenge by one. So you can take somebody's vanguard and bring it down by one or take your council and put it up by one or take your vanguard and put it up by one. That's kind of, you know, the uniqueness of the leadership challenges. You know, again, you, even if you're playing a multiplayer game and somebody decided, hey, I'm not even in this challenge. Well, you can still target him <laughs> and still, <laughs> yeah, you should have tried. You know, now, now your council just went down by one. So right. okay. and that's kind of the core of the game is, yeah, changing those, those domain strengths. That's how you win. That's how you lose. Okay. And the, and the first round is free, which is, is not uncommon in a lot of card games. You sort of, you know, set your base and collect your power and, and, you know, sort of draw recruits and, you know, determine how you want to sort of spend that, you know, economy of, of points um, and yep, get yep. everybody an equal chance to kind of get into the game. Exactly. Yeah. The first round's kind of a, you know, a, a setup, you know, you can lay some traps down you can buy some recruits, you can play a couple of cards out. Uh, you know, the, the, the only, you know, prevention of that first turn is just, you just can't target anybody else's stuff. So you can't attack anything. You can't, you know, to destroy a creature or anything. You can only just do stuff that affects your guys. And that kind of goes around one, you know, for one round and then it's, you know, fair game. Everybody gets, you know, to start attacking and having fun. Cool. And then all your cards start in play or in your hand. So you've got your three domains. You've got, you usually have 20 points worth of character points that you can put out. Uh, You can, you know, select, you know, whichever, you know, whichever characters you want, as long as it equals 20. Um, The 10 cards in your hand are a strategy card. So depending on, you know, what your ideal is, you want to sort of build your strategy around how all those things are going to have good synergy. Um, Exactly. And, you know, some of the strategies, some or all strategies are going to cost you some amount of power to play. Uh, there are some, uh, uh, there are some that they're tactic cards. Uh, some tactic cards are, are free, you know, uh, they, they have like other types of costs. Uh, for instance, a card uh, called Revolution, which allows you to just put a free recruit into play if you have, uh, you know, less total creatures than another player. You know, then, then that you know it plays for free. You, you get the creature, and then that card goes down into your strategy chain. Okay. Uh, so, but but you know, cards that do cost something do cost power. And then you, you you generate power at the beginning of every turn, depending on how much strength you have in your domains. So that's kind of how you get power. So again, everything comes down to that domain strength. That's where you get your currency to play cards. That determines how how hard. Uh, it is for your creatures to be manipulated or stealth attacks. You know that that's the core of the game is you know managing the strength of each of your domains. Okay, and and you draw your power based on the highest domain strength. Is that yep. correct? Yeah, the highest domain strength. You know another another thing you know on our whiteboard of you know important game factors uh, was you know snowballing. We really wanted to get out of that thing of just oh I made a mistake and now the game's just going to be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know that was that was you know something with like you know, generating power with that instead of doing something like, oh, the combination of all of them or, you know, some sort of difference. We, we figured, okay, well, if somebody can at least kind of defend something really well, even if something else isn't going well for the first couple turns, five, six turns even, that, you know, they're still generating power. You know, if something, if, if one of their features is strong, you know, it keeps them in the game. And, uh, you know, that, that that's kind of the, the idea behind that is just to keep players in the game, allow players to have 
uh, an early game, a mid game, and a late game, and not just have to worry about getting rolled in three turns every single game. So, sure. so yeah, you're exactly right. That's that's how you generate your power from just whatever your highest strength, you know, domain strength is. And then whatever you don't spend will roll over to your next turn. So if you have, you know, five power available and you spend three, you keep that two and then you'll, you know, gain whatever you have available on your next turn. Just add it to that. Yep. It's all uh, cumulative and, you know, you could spend it during another player's turn. If you you want to play an instant tactic or something or, you know, use an activated ability of a creature that requires power. And then, yeah, yeah, it's cumulative. So if you've got a couple of cards that are going to be big late game cards you have to save up for, you're able to do it. Cool. Uh, how many people can play with one set? Uh, you know, it's we, we get asked this a lot on the Kickstarter. Uh, and though we recommend just each player having their own set, you know, that's the only way to really build any, any tribe sure. you want. Uh, but, you know, there's 224, you know, cards in a set. And you can very easily, you know, sit down with four buddies, crack open a box, and have everybody make viable, good, powerful tribes. You know, none of them will be able to use the same creatures because a lot of those cards are unique. But you know, you could. It's very easy to sit down and you know, like do like a draft night where you you know lay out a bunch of creatures and you draft who you want to play. You build tribes and everybody goes to war. Uh, so you know, for for long term play, we, we recommend everybody to have their own uh, sets. But you can easily four or five. I would say you could probably do six players worth of tribes out of one deck. Oh wow. Uh, you know, just depending on how you build it. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, like I said, everybody should have their own. But, you know, if you, if you want to play with a couple of buddies, you know, they don't have to buy their own set. You, you can crack open a box. You can even live out of one box. If, you know, you've, if you've built a really solid tribe that you always just play, you can easily hand off the rest to another buddy, let him <laughs> build the deck, and you guys can play forever. Right. That's cool. Yeah, it's not like magic where you got to come with your own tub full of <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, no, nothing like that. And, and same thing. Another thing we wanted to, to avoid, like with magic, you know, we didn't want, you know, whoever spent the most money to win every time, you know, so you, you buy it, you, you buy the set, everybody has the same cards, everybody has access to the same stuff. You know, there is no rarity, there's no cards that are going to be and there, there may be cards that end up in the meta being extra powerful, but everybody has access to them. You're, you don't have to go, you know, and buy you know, for Jace the Mind Sculptors in order to be competitive. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not going to be anything that happens at Scorriers. Sure. And, and there is a cost to be paid, right? So the the, the better quote-unquote cards are going to have a, a higher point cost. So that's going to affect legitimately the other cards that are in your hand. So oh, yeah, this, it certainly. balances out. Yeah, well, and yeah, that's, and that's, that's the big thing of the game is constantly trying to balance those out to make sure, you know, the – whatever it takes to put that card out equals out, you know, to every other card, you know, so the, the cheaper cards have to be a little weaker and the more expensive cards have to have a bigger payoff. Same with the creatures. You know, there's some creatures where their, their tribe value is only one, you know, they, so they're not, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, they're not going to be as powerful as a creature that costs six, but they're going to be of some sort of value. They're, they're going to be worth having it, you know, uh, you know, in your tribe. You know, I, I like, you know, when I play, I like to have a nice round balance. I like to have a couple of ones, a couple of twos, a four or a five and a six, you know, usually when I, when I put my guys together. So, you know, there's certainly people who build tribes of just, you know, three creatures, <laughs> you know, just three <laughs> big boss creatures, one at each domain, you know, and just, you know, brute force. But, you know, and, and, and those, those, those tribes can work also, you know, we've, we've definitely seen those win games, you know, they just have some really big guys and they just count on, you know, just buying recruits every turn to kind of fill the different roles. So mm -hmm. it's all possible. 
Right. And and we talked a little bit about the uh, the strategy chain. So when you play a tactic card or when you uh, eliminate another player, they get added to your strategy chain on the bottom. And not right. only do those cards have effects themselves, but where they're placed in the strategy chain uh, next to other cards, that also has an effect uh, yes. on your overall strategy then. Yep. And that's, that's the whole idea is to, you know, that you're rewarded not only for playing your cards and, you know, successfully, but also when you've played your cards and in what order. So, you know, veteran players, I guess, like us, I guess we're veteran players at this point, you know, that, <laughs> that that's something we really look at. Okay. This is a great card, but you know, once I've used it and it's in my strategy chain, then what? Cause that's, that's what really wins games. You know, veteran players play against each other. You know, we've seen it comes down to their strategy and did you play the right cards in the right order? Uh, you know, and every, every card has a type, you know, it's either leadership or stealth or manipulation or dominance. And, you know, just making sure using the right types of cards together, you know, can, you know, make a big deal, uh, you know, in the strategy and in your performance of the game. Cool. Uh, I'm not ignoring, I'm, I'm typing in the chat. <laughs> this is hard when there's only one of us here. <laughs> Understandable. Cool. Let me pull questions back up here. All right. We, this we can edit out because this is... Eh. Um, so you got, you guys are like super funded already. Um, or they're looking for like 9,500 bucks. You're sitting, uh, it was a little yeah. under 25. Uh, uh, we, when we I checked 20, it. Yeah, we hit 25,000 today. So we hit a nice stretch goal. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, which actually is going to add nine more cards to the game, uh, Very which cool. is super exciting. I was <laughs> really hoping we'd get there. You know, I really wanted to get those extra cards in there. It's going to cost us more money. That's why it had to be a stretch goal. But Right. Uh, but I believe now the next stretch goal, I think, is another variant card, and I think it's raw. I think that's at, like, the 30,000. And, you know, we only have six days left, and five grand's a long way away, but I would really love to see that raw variant card happen. So, But that's where we're at. We're, we, we hit 25,000. Uh, you know, we plan on doing a lot of promotion this weekend at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. Uh, you know, and there's always a usually a little nice bump you know, your last day of the Kickstarter. So I don't know, we might still hit that. That's cool. Well, hopefully fingers crossed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, we've, we've already, we're already ecstatic. You know, we, we funded in like 12 hours or something and, you know, we didn't know how it was going to go. You know, I was just happy to hit it at all. You know, if it would be, if we had 9,500 on our last day, I'd still been happy. You know, we hit the dream. We're making the card game. It's going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. so at, at this point, you know, it's all just, it's, you know, all the frosting at this point, you know, whatever we can get that just means more cards, more games we can order and, you know, hopefully just a better future for the game once it does launch. Cool. Now is this, um, you know, like a lot of Kickstarters, it's, you know, funds, you know, obviously you have, you know, funds to make the game, um, you know, funds to roll in the business. Uh, will this be available again at some point in the future? If people for whatever reason, don't get in and back to Kickstarter, I can't imagine why. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we will be, selling through distributors and using all of our, our outlets. You know, it should be any place, you know, if you order through GTS or Southern Hobby or Alliance or any of that, we're, our, our intention is to make sure everybody's got the game. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of that stuff, you have to have the game before you can get listed or be in that. So it's like, that's not going to be till a while after the game's already out. So a lot of people that already have the game, you know, it's going to be, they're going to be playing it and some people won't be able to get it just yet. But you'll be able to order it from our website. You'll be able to, uh, retailers can order it directly from us. We already have several retailers that we're working on orders for. So it'll be in stores. It'll be available online. This is not just a one and done thing. This Kickstarter was just 
you know, to get us going. Sure. Sure. Awesome. That's cool. Um, I, you know, going through the, or the, the variant for wormwood, cause I have a cat. We've, we've had always had cats. I imagine that's how most cats picture themselves, you know, just all the blood and I'm going to kill you, you know, look in the eye. <laughs> Well, it's like it's in nature, that's just kind of what they are. You know, they are these, they really are these, they're super predators, you know, yeah. as small as they are for what they can do. And uh, yeah, that's always something that's been so fascinating to me with, you know, wanting to do something with, with, you know, the animal world is just that amazing world that animals live in, you know, that these little mice every day of their lives is this epic life or death struggle just all the time. You know, they, you know, it's no different than us having to deal with dragons or something. These little mice deal with these monster cats or dogs or just these infinitely huge epic creatures. And it's just, that's just real life for these guys. That's real life for a mouse or a shrew or, you know, any, any of these animals, like they're already living this epic existence. So yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure cats. You know, they are. They're they're predators. You know, they're they're built to kill stuff. <laughs> you know, that's about their only lot in life. You know, they're, yeah. they're there to, to to maim and kill and play and torture. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we can, we kind of address that with the Scorpion's world. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, I just had something. Damn it, it went away. All right. Well, so stock question then. Uh, what what games are hitting your table? I mean, you're you're big into games. You're creating games, and you know, reading comic uh, books. Is there anything that you guys play on a regular basis other than Scorriers? Not obviously, not too not much. Now. It's just it's it's literally every day. I mean, actually, for 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 months, if not like a year. I mean, we did. We got together seven nights a week at midnight because we had to wait till everybody was off work and everything. We literally went into the studio seven nights a week and grinded the game and practiced, you know, different elements and tried different things. And if there hasn't been, because like anything else, it comes down to, okay, I can play this game or I can do my work and do this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if anything, it's like mostly video games. You know, it's like, that's the only thing I can really just sit down for a couple hours at night and I play some video games. Uh, I think the last board game I played, you know, we used to have some board game nights with, you know, my buddy and his mom when we were playing like, King of Tokyo and Ticket to Ride and Pandemic, you know, just kind of the, those basic games. You're doing a lot of that. So it's mostly video games at this point. Okay. Now, now being a storyteller yourself, you know, I guess some experience with, with RPGs and stuff, do you, I guess not now, but have you GM'd in the past? And is that something that you enjoy doing, being oh, a storyteller yourself? Definitely. I've, yeah. For a long time, uh, especially late 90s, early 2000s, uh, I might even have some pretty cool pictures I could share with you. We we lived like RPGs. You know, we just made our own. You know, we had this yeah. thing called Lands of Darkness, and we had our own books we made. And you know, we would go and buy like you know boxes of Heroes Quest anytime we found them. You know, like garage sales and stuff, and just had tons of figures and everything like that. And we we just had these ongoing games that my kitchen was completely taken over. We had this like small <laughs> apartment that just had this kitchen table, but every single wall was maps and posters we had made and all these things. And the table was always covered in castles and creatures. And yeah, and I was always, you know, I was always the GM. Uh, so yeah, lots of that, did lots of GMing for games. And it, even as a kid, I remember like the first game I ever made, I had like this Hot Wheels city that you could like take apart and like put together. And I had made this game called Cyber Cops. <laughs> where it was all it was all done with like you know Hot Wheels cars and like this world and we'd sit on the deck and I'd have all my friends over and we'd each have like character sheets we made and I would GM you know these different things that would go on and they'd have to arrest people and you know stop robberies and things it would all happen on this 
this this track thing we built on uh you know with hot wheels cars so I, i've been doing that forever man <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> you, you break the mold a little bit i see all the tattoos and everything i mean not you know people you know consider uh geek although i guess that's changed you know so much in the last you yeah, know 10 15 years it's funny you bring that up as I've, I've also owned two two gaming stores i owned one uh in concord california called Shadowbrook. And, you know, people would always call us the rock and roll game store because that was kind of our thing. You know, we were all guys in bands and we've toured and we've done all this stuff. We like games. And like it was always weird for us because like when we would go to game stores, there was there was this weird like, you know, juxtaposition. Like we were the you know, we were the outcasts. We were the guys that, you know, people wouldn't you know, people would be kind of crappy to us and stuff. I'd want to play magic and like all the, you know, I guess kind of nerdy or geeky guys or whatever. You know, it was really hard for me to like do anything with them. I'd always kind of get that that other thing, like I shouldn't be there. You know, I, you don't really know how to play magic or something. It's like I've been playing magic since literally before you were born. You know, it's like <laughs> I've done this my whole life. I make games and all this. So like when we made our own store, that was kind of our big thing. Was that you know we didn't want to attach it to anything. There was this thing where it's like, yeah, we don't, we're not a geeky store. We're not nerdy. It's none of that. We're just dudes. We listen to music and we play games. We all have girlfriends. <laughs> you know, it's just like we're not, yeah. you know, we were trying to really kind of break that mold and be a store that was just, yeah, there's no, there's no title. There's no like label at all. Just dudes, people, guys, anybody can come and play. And, you know, that's, it's kind of weird. There's almost been this sort of reverse thing that I've, I've dealt with a lot of time where it's like, it was really hard for me to, 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 to get in with gaming groups and things like that. It was this, I, I don't know. So. I've kind of been on the, the the reverse side of that, trying to prove myself as you know somebody. <laughs> no, I like games and I play video games and I you know play Magic and D and D and I love all this stuff. I just also like these other things that people usually don't associate with. It's, I just like it all. You know, there's no reason to be one or the other, man. I like everything. Well, I don't like everything, but <laughs> I like yeah. both of those. Things. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't cool. like anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's interesting because I mean you do sort of get that you know, dichotomy, you know, you go into the store, different stores, like, you know, some stores on the east side of town are different than the stores on the west side of town here in Tucson. And it's, you know, just like a different vibe and a whole different, you know, different sort of thing. But there's been such a, you know, movement of just embracing all the geek. And, you know, I, I don't watch Big Bang. It's not my thing. But, you know, even in the, you know, in the pop culture now, it's just such a strong, you know, geek or nerd element. Um, yeah, I just, I find it, I just, you know, when I originally saw your pictures, I was like, oh man, it looks like you'd be like, uh, you know, Rollins band or something, you know. <laughs> and very, and it is, it's like, that's a big part of my life. And it's like, you know, I, I would love to get into a world where like, we, we just don't use the terms at all. It's like, I, I don't think, I don't know that it does us any favors, you know, you know, you know, accepting geek culture. It's like, let's just, let's just have culture. Let's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pop culture. It's just things we don't, I mean, you, you do, you, you still kind of, you know, and again, I, I've been on that side of it where it's like you're still like, you know, kind of keeping people out of it by just adding those terms. You know, it, it does. It seems non-inclusive then, you know, when you say it's like, oh, we're a geek game group. And it's like, mm-hmm. OK, can we just be a game group? Let's just be a game group. Let's just be dudes who play games. You know, let's just get right. rid of the, the label and stuff altogether. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't even know if it's a good idea, but it's like <laughs> I would lo- I'd love to see that. I just feel like 
I could get more involved and I'd be more inclusive you know, if that wasn't, you know, the deal. But I think there's probably worse things going on than that. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> All right. And uh, I also noticed that you were the creator and organizer of the pop culture event known as Counticon. Counticon, yep. Uh, uh, it's something we started, I think, yeah, four years ago now. Uh, same thing. It was just kind of part of my three-pronged attack that I always say where it's like, you know, I wanted to have this comic book then have a game that goes off the comic book so they can kind of promote each other. And then I wanted my own like event so that I could then invite all my friends to be guests and do all those things and kind of run my own show and have fun after parties and stuff. And you know, it's effectively like any other kind of pop culture event. We have a lot of video game tournaments and cosplay contests and, you know, all kinds of, you know, guests from all over the country, uh, you know, artists and things. We try to really focus on the creative side. We don't really do like celebrity guests or, or anything, but uh, we do get a lot of painters and artists and cosplay people. And, you know, there's a lot of just after party, just kind of fun things that go along with it. So, yeah, that's that's the other big part of my life is dealing that, you know, doing that year round as well. Because, of course, that's no, yeah. nothing short of a, a year's worth of work as well. Right, right. And that comes up uh, in October? Yeah, uh, we uh, for the last three years, we've been doing it in August. And it was just kind of, it was just kind of like, just not a great time. Like the shows are really good. And they've been they've been building like, you know, the first show that we had, we already had to like move into a bigger venue. Uh, but like, you know, it was really close to like, uh, Dragon Con and Wizard World Chicago. And it was just like, we didn't want it. We didn't want to have to people to people to have to choose what show to go to. I mean, our show is pretty cheap and pretty family friendly and everything, but we're doing it in October now where it's kind of closer to the end of con season. We're hoping people have a little extra money in their pocket and have a little less, you know, demand, you know, the con scene is a big demand, even for just con goers, you know, know, not even the people doing the cons, but just con goers, it can be very demanding. So uh, I'd like to see what happens. You know, we're kind of changing the theme a little bit. It's a little more of a Halloween-y kind of theme and I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, it's uh, October, the weekend of October 20th. And and that's probably better because you're at Chicago. So, uh, you know, Chicago in August, eh, not the most comfortable. <laughs> well, the thing that's been crazy is literally every single show we've done, you know, it's been like, you know, slightly different weekends, always in August. It has rained every single day of every show we've done. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, after it was, it was like the, you know, this third year we're having this, like, of course we woke up, it was raining, it was raining Saturday, it was raining Sunday. It's like, you know, maybe that'll help. Maybe put it in October, you know, it still rains a lot in October, but you know, maybe, maybe we'll have one show where it's not raining the whole time, you know, just one time. So that, that's the hope for this year. Cool. All right. Uh, I'm about out of questions, but I do have a thing here we call the final five. It's five geeky slash nerdy questions. I'll throw them at it. You can, you know, yes or no, or this or that, you know, it's kind of a binary sort of thing. But if you're like, yes, this, and because of this cool story or whatever, I'm all for it. That's probably what you're going to get out of me. So, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. The first one is Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. No question. That being said, I don't consider myself much of a Star Wars fan anymore. I loved it as a kid, and I was really excited about it. Even through the prequel, as much as the prequel was kind of, eh, I was still like, yeah, but I still like Star Wars. I, I just can't say that I'm happy with, like, Force Awakens I thought was kind of, eh. And then, like, Rogue One I was pretty excited about. Rogue One really kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, and I'm about, about done. It's funny, because I would actually say I enjoy the new Star Trek movies better than the last two star wars movies 
So I don't know where that puts me now that I think about it. Because I, I thought the Star Trek movies were pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, exa- right, exactly, right? Fun. It's got a whole different vibe. It's not yeah. the Kirk Star Trek, you know, which we you know kind of grew up with that. And yeah, they were okay for what they are. I thought the reboot was really good. I, I think it's interesting that you say that for me, that you didn't like um, Rogue One. Because I went with my dad, and I didn't like it at all. And he was like, oh, that <laughs> was really good. That. And I'm like... <laughs> I, I left the theater, and, and this is something me and my buddies do. And it's like, I'm sure this goes around with a lot of groups. But, you know, we do. We all go to the movies together. And then we all stand out in the parking lot and talk about the movie we just saw. And man, I just did not have a good thing to say about Rogue One. It was just, it was disappointment after disappointment, after corny line, after terrible character building, after too many characters that none of them mattered. And I didn't care about anybody. And we left the theater and I was just like, and that was like a first thing. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever watch another Star Wars movie. I'm like, Force Awakens was really shaky. You know, there was some okay moments. It it kind of felt good because it was a Star Wars movie, but it just really left. It's like, I'll never watch it again. It's never a movie that I'm going to sit through again. And it's like, and Rogue One happens. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough to get me in the movie theater for a, another Star Wars movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, right? You still have hope. Like the Han Solo yeah, movie's coming yeah, out. And I'm like, it's oh, that's got to like, be I really love good. Han Solo. You know, I, as a kid, you know, literally, I remember like, you know, doing things like, what do you want to be when you grow up? In like first grade, and I would put Han Solo. <laughs> it was like, I literally wanted to be Han Solo when I grew up. You know, I still think that's an awesome character, but man, I just don't feel like. I don't feel like they're making good movies right now, man. I really don't. Yeah. It's shaky. I mean, force one kind of got in the feels, you know, they killed, killed Hans, you know, spoilers. Now it's two years old. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you got Simulane and Falcon, like there, there were some things, but like, you know, it's another death star. It's like, really? Yeah. We're going to do this again. (laughs) That was, that was silly. You'd think, you know, the, the company that's, literally like the superpower of the world it's like i don't i don't give them breaks you <laughs> know i can't give disney a break it's like they literally have access to the most money the best writers the best anything they can buy there's no excuse for any flaws in their movie literally none but there's just no excuse at this point they can make it the best it better be the best or i don't want nothing to do with it so yeah that's kind of how i feel about with comic books with like marvel and dc it's like you guys are the ones everybody needs to look up to. You guys are the power. You guys are setting the, the, the you know, you're setting the bar for everything. And I feel like that's the lowest bar in the industry right now. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Well, so we'll jump to this one. This will be funny. DC or Marvel. <laughs> Out of those DC, no question. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I've tried to read several Marvel things that have come out. That was like, you know, that looked pretty, pretty cool that I wanted to check out. And I have just been, so disappointed just writing wise art wise especially the, the in, interior art of marvel comics right now not all of them of course just too many of them just are, are just not what i expect out of again the the biggest most powerful comic company in the world you know, it's like the same thing if you want to see the best of everything it should be coming from marvel and dc they have the money they have the, the resources that should be the best no excuses mm-hmm. uh, out of those two i, I think dc has got better things going on i think they've got I think they're developing characters better. I think they're a little more focused on what's actually happening and what's good for their stories and their characters. Right? I keep feeling like Marvel's like just trying to reach and find like what's good for some sort of social group or or something. It, it, I, I never feel like I'm looking through a comic and like, oh, they wrote this because this is what mattered to the book. I feel like I, I'm not getting that vibe from them. So 
until that changes, definitely DC. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, the really good stuff that's coming out is all independent because people were fully invested, right? Like, like you and Ashley, like this is what you do and it's 110% and it's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, that all comes through where, you know, with a huge house like DC or Marvel, like, eh, the name is on and people are going to buy it, you know? And again, I, I do, I feel like, you know, at this point, you know, both Marvel and DC, it is, it's like, they're, yeah, they're the fast food of comic books. They're huge. They have tons of money, but yeah, they're, they're McDonald's, <laughs> and, you know? And it's like, I, I don't expect much. And because of that, I, I won't give them my money. You know, I just, <laughs> I, I don't want, I don't want the fast food. I want the best. Marvel should be the best. DC should be the best. And I don't think anybody can say they are. I don't think there's anybody out there that can say, yes, everything they're doing is great and they're living up to their power and their, and their money. I just, I, I don't think that's what's happening. So I hope it changes. I, I want them to be putting out good comics. I and mean, I think it, I think it even helps indie comics. And you know, I, I think that, you know, when people go there, they're, they're going to start buying Marvel or DC. That's where everybody's going to start. And if they start there and it's bad, it's really hard to get those people to just to see something like that's an independent book like ours. Yeah, I know you saw Marvel and their billion dollar company. Their stuff sucks. <laughs> but our little stuff, I'm I'm telling you, it's better. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, hard, yeah. it's hard to convince people of that. Yeah, you, you need those guys to get people into the door so they yeah. see the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, man, that's like their responsibility, isn't it? Is, isn't it DC and Marvel's responsibility at this point to, to be – to be the best, to hire the best, to have the best writers and the best stories. And mm -hmm. it's just, I, I don't feel like they're living up to that, man. I don't. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, if you had the time, tabletop mm -hmm. or video games? Uh, I, I, that, that's, that's tough. You know, I play, I do mostly video games now. You know, I really do love like the social elements of tabletop games. I, I like literally being in the room with my buddies, literally rolling some dice and moving some pieces. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that's really good for people. You know, I think there's a lot, lot less of that going on than there was, you know, even 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I think they're good for different reasons. You know, that, that, yeah, I also love video games. So again, I still play with my buddies. We get on and play rainbow six siege. And it's like, yeah, I don't have time to have my friends come over and do anything, but at least I can get online and play video games for an hour or so. I would say both of those are, are important and I enjoy them both. Yep. Both, both is definitely a solid answer, but I, <laughs> I love that question. People are like, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do. They both have, they're great for different reasons. So I mean, I'm glad we have both of them. Right. All right. Uh, Sci-fi or fantasy? Uh, I, I would say fantasy. I, I'm not much of a sci-fi guy though. Saying that it's like, again, I'm not super, into a lot of the fantasy stuff you know i am not a lord of the rings fan you know and again it's one of those oh. things where well i i, I love honestly i really liked like the the original like cartoon movie it's like I would, i've watched that a hundred times i cannot sit through a lord of the rings like movie any of the the new peter jackson stuff or anything i i just can't even sit through them uh i, I i'm glad people like them i don't even think that they're necessarily done that bad it's just Man, it's not for me. That being that being said, there's been a lot of sci-fi movies that I enjoy. You know, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I just we just watched Passengers a couple weeks ago. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, I would like to see better fantasy stuff. I guess that's where I would put it. I would like to see some better fantasy things. Though right now, I think the sci-fi stuff's doing better. Okay. And, and speaking of, I I believe today is Aliens Day, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It's funny. I was. Uh, we were. I can't remember. I was just somewhere. This is 
how crazy it is. Like I was somewhere today and somebody was, you know, oh, I was getting a key made at Ace Hardware and the two guys behind the counter were talking about, you know, Alien Covenant. And then the whole time while I was waiting for my key to be made, they had talked, it was like 15 minutes of Alien talk. <laughs> so maybe that's because it was Alien Day. <laughs> I don't know. Great franchise. Again, not super keen on a lot of the newer stuff. I wasn't really a fan of Prometheus, but love Alien. <laughs> love Alien. Yeah, Prometheus, I just... I man, I don't even I don't know what that was even supposed to be for. I don't know why that was even a movie, but did not like Prometheus. I loved Alien Resurrection. I think that gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Again, I think just a fun movie, which is some cool concepts. I guess it just depends on what you're looking for. It's got Winona Ryder in it. Come on, I don't know. I loved it. <laughs> I like the first. I mean, obviously, the first one is more of a more horror than it is really sci-fi. Yeah, uh, like, yeah more horror thriller. Yeah, yeah. Person, it is. It's. I mean, I'll give them that. You know, the xenomorph is still just the most terrifying, you know, fictional creature that's ever been made. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it scared me as a kid. I still don't like thinking about it now. You know, <laughs> even seeing seeing people just you know dressed up in the cosplay, you know, at, that shows still kind of gives me the you know the little creepy feeling. But all right. And the last one is: if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh man. One superpower. Uh, you know, that, that's, man, I have no idea. <laughs> Un, unprepared. Unprepared. It's like there's so many good things. It's like I'm sure there's one superpower that kind of encompasses everything. You know, like, you know, like being able to be a wish master or something. You know, just wish for whatever you want and you have that. Maybe that would be my power. Uh, <laughs> All right. You know, flying would be cool, but it's like, I don't know having telekinesis powers or something you just make yourself fly so why limit it to flying man i don't know i guess i would like i i don't know man i was actually going to say like some sort of like super intelligence but it's like i'm positive i would be miserable (laughs) i I consider myself a relatively intelligent guy now and i already find me like wishing that i didn't know things i know you know wishing i had like that ignorance is bliss mentality so I, i don't think i'd like that I don't know. Like next, next interview, I'll have something for you. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'll have to switch it up next time though. So we won't come back to that question. <laughs> well, I'll be thinking about it though. I'll let you know someday. I'll come up All with right. an answer to that. It'll probably be one of those things like as soon as we get off the air, I'll be like, Oh, that thing. Oh, I should have said that. that been so cool. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have nothing right now. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. This is a, a link heavy uh, a show today. So make sure you go to the website uh, check out the, the link for the show today, all the links for, for Ashley's DeviantArt, for Scorier's, for the Kickstarter, for Twitter pages, all that stuff. It's all in the show notes. Go over there and check it out. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on, Ash. The, the books are amazing. Ashley's artwork is stupendous. Uh, Kickstarter, congratulations. You guys are fully funded. We're, we're getting you right at the end of this. So thumbs up to the whole deal. <laughs> Thank you. No, the show was great. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Uh, yeah, remind everybody we got, I think, six days left of the Kickstarter. So please, please take a look at it, you know, share it with a couple buddies. That that would be really helpful and mean a lot to us. And, you know, again, yeah, thanks for having me on your show, man. This is, you know, this stuff is important for little independent guys like me. We need you guys. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Yep.
Nope, absolutely. This is uh, like this is the fun part because we just get to hang and and geek out and talk about you know not only what you're doing but Star Wars and Aliens Day and you know games that you were playing with Matchbox cars. So like th this is the this is the really cool part. This this is the kind of thing that makes you know all the work that goes in worthwhile because it's yeah okay we're promoting your thing and we have content but you know it's making relationships and and just talking to people and and you know. This is cool. Like this for me is just a ton of fun. Nope. I'm, I'm happy to be here and it was definitely fun. And I love talking movies and pop culture stuff. I love talking comics. So have me on again someday. Hey, sure. Maybe we'll just do like a straight comic show. We'll have to have you back for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Any of that. I love talking about, I love talking games. I love talking comics. I, I, I love talking music. If you guys ever do music stuff, you know, I, I can be shocked by my music knowledge. I don't know what it is. That's like the one thing I can retain. <laughs> you know, Cause you know, like, you know, back when they had like rock and roll jeopardy, man, it was, I was unbeatable. <laughs> so movies, music, all that stuff. Love to talk cool. to you more about that junk. All right. I'll definitely keep you in my Rolodex then. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. I will throw out all of our details here at the end, as I always do. Uh, you can find this awesome uh, content and all of our other cool stuff at legendsoftabletop.com. We're on Twitter at Legends Tabletop. Uh, we're on Instagram, Tumblr. Uh, you can find the, the RSS feed at the SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, Player FM, the, the Google Player thing, whatever all that jazz is. Just put us into Google. You'll find us all over. We appreciate everybody checking it out. Uh, if you could leave us a review or a ratings on iTunes, that is absolutely helpful. It bumps us up in the standing so more people get to enjoy this as well as yourself. So we appreciate that. And I uh, want to thank everybody for checking it out. And we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.